Bella's comet was thrown into chaos following the meteoric impact. While city officials were focused on quelling the turmoil in the inner city, someone hacked into the announcing screens throughout the city and broadcast CCTV footage ripped from the scene of Eris Palomar's demise. No longer under the iron-fisted rule of Eris, the people of Comet's Edge rose up. The police force, who for so long had been told two things, follow Eris's commands and clear your orbit, were completely unprepared. Without Eris there to give orders, most took off the uniform and fled. The few who tried to stop the riot were easily overwhelmed. The class warfare that had been simmering in Bella's Comet for hundreds of years finally boiled over. And then, they came. The original Comet brought with it minerals and scientific advancement that led a renaissance for technology. The second Comet brought the end. The miners were sent to bring back bits of the Comet for study. What they brought back were the helmets. Though, by the time the worms had been identified, it was too late. The infestation had spread, and not only to the people of Bella's Comet, who were already dealing with the political strife, the wildlife in the area also played host to these parasites. What do they want? To infect more people. It's their way of reproducing and continuing their species. They'll continue to do so until our world is all used up, and then they'll hitch a ride on another comet in search of a new home to destroy. We weren't prepared. While we fought amongst ourselves and destroyed our own society, the Helminths won the battle. The technological advancements of Bella's Comet fell into disrepair. Without Ada and Jovian to provide guidance, and with the war raging outside, work on the machines fell to the side. Eventually, none were left who knew how to operate the tech. The largest pieces of equipment were jokingly called miracles, until, eventually, that's what they became. A few hundred years later, religions cropped up surrounding the machines. After all, no mere human could build such a thing. Those people of Bella's Comet, they must have been gods, and so, in a way, Ada got what she always wanted. She became a legend, a deified person with cults who worshipped her name. Bella's Comet eventually came to be known as Hell's Crater, a fun play on words because it's a literal hell on Earth, complete with these worms, these helmets. The world we're left with is reminiscent of the Old West that we're familiar with, except with the worms and interesting uses for old, barely functional wonders that have been appropriated and turned into tools for this time. It's been 500 years almost to the day, and we begin our story in the office of one Sheriff Harry Mills. He has a guest in his office, Squidzy. Tell us about Griffiths. So, I'm going to be playing Griffiths Lark, also known as the Condor because she finds those who claim themselves dead. Right. And what does Griffiths look like? Mean. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Griffiths has almost like a short death hawk, black hair, um, dark brown eyes. She usually has something in her mouth, a cigarette, a piece of grass, something. She's normally seen wearing a tight sleeveless shirt, some loose duster pants, and a holster around her waist. Alright. And as you walk into the sheriff's office, he stands up and he's like, uh, hail Griffiths, it's good to see you. Welcome. End it always, Sheriff. What you got? <laughs> you don't look very happy to see me. 
Always happy to see you, because it means money in my pocket. What's it going to take for me to get you to take a, take a steady gig with us here? We could use your help. When you give me just as much excitement as I find out there, which, sure, if no offense, I doubt you can give me. <sighs> well, I guess you're right about that. Can you shut the door there for me? Sure. Kicks it closed. Well, Griffiths, I'm going to cut to the chase here. Uh, this isn't your regular kind of business, wrangling up the bad guys, uh, stopping, you know, little brigands and things like that on the road. We have a different kind of problem, a quieter kind of problem. Quieter? Quieter. Have you, uh, have you heard of that, uh robot preacher preacher man that showed up in town a while back <laughs> you mean the one that people are scared of well uh from what i heard not everybody's uh scared of him some people are actually uh going to his sermons really yeah starting to upset some of the well-to-do in the area what doesn't upset the well-to-do in the area sheriff you know the answer to that question. Anything that's changed is scary. Mm. What you need? I need you to get him out of my town. Is there a certain way? Is there a certain limit? Is there a certain Quiet. something? Quiet. Alright. Whatever that means, as long as it doesn't get out, and especially so it doesn't get out that you're working for me. And yeah, you want me to take a steady gig, Sheriff, but alright. I'll get her out. I'll get him out. Listen, until you agree to take a steady gig, this is the perfect kind of way that I can bring you in here. It's my kind of way to bring me in here. My hands are clean. Always are, Sheriff. But yeah, I'll get him out. Alright, and I mean, the sooner the better, honestly. Uh, he just got done building that there chapel that he, uh... He constructed and uh well i'm thinking that we could turn that into the side of the new schoolhouse you know people have been saying that they want a better place for their kids and that looks like a good enough place for me fair enough all right we understand each other uh get it done get it done quiet i'll make you rich always do all right thank you much griffiths turns around and walks right out the door. So, Griffiths, as you are walking out the door, I would like for you to roll the first skill test of the game. Let's call this a... Just make it survival. Straight survival. Yes. <laughs> all right so uh you don't notice much until you get out you head out in the street and I'm not sure where you're going exactly at this moment but all of a sudden you get bumped into by some people who are running down the street towards uh the local saloon and uh, you hear them muttering something under their breath about like, oh man, we haven't had a good shootout in so long. 
I think the preacher man can wait just a little while longer. <laughs> All right. You heading in the direction of the saloon? 100%. All right. So we're going to rewind about 10 minutes. Head on over to that saloon. The big old sign just says Kate Saloon. And now this is an interesting town because uh, when you picture Old West buildings, you picture things made of a lot of wood, a lot of timber, things like that. But Bella's Comet was built of stone and glass and metal. And this world has sort of taken root there. So picture instead like a broken down Wendy's with a swinging metal door. <laughs> and inside of that Wendy's is uh, Jenny's character. Jenny, tell us about Xavier. Well, Xavier Allen is a man who the law does not agree with. Or at the very least, he has determined that the law should not agree with him. Xavier's the kind of man who would shoot first, ask questions later, and then shoot again if he felt like it. He would be sitting at the bar, wetting his whistle, and uh, trying to stay out of trouble for a change, because today is a very important day for Xavier. So he needs to be on his very, very best behavior. All right. Xavier, while you're sitting at the bar, thinking about your day and your plans, a woman comes up to you. And this woman does not look like someone who would frequent a, a broken down old saloon. She's dressed nice. She has a nice like silk dress on with a long coat. Her hair's done up. She looks very out of place here. And uh, she comes up to you and she's fixing the gloves on her hands and she's like, um, <clears throat> sir. He would just kind of like look up from under his hat. Um, are you the man I was, I was sent to meet, um, about the <clears throat> task? He would just kind of just down the rest of his whiskey, look back up her and says, now that depends on how much you're paying for that task. Oh, I assure you that payment isn't going to be a problem. And she reaches into a little bag on her side and she pulls out a pouch that she jingles and she drops it on the counter. And even just hearing the thunk, you know there's quite a bit of money there. And she says, payment up front, more later. Fair enough. Task what needs to do and always needs doing properly. <laughs> yes, well... Um, you know, across the street, there is that, um, house of ill repute. I am familiar. We need it gone. <laughs> Can do. Consider it gone. And the one inside, uh, he's also quite problematic. If you could just get rid of him as well. He'll be in the dirt for lunchtime. I like you. Well, that's good. I'd be very scared. 
if I was you, <laughs> if you didn't like me. When you're done, uh, and she slides a card across the table towards you, meet me at this address, and you will receive the other half of your payment. All right. We'll call it two hours. Sounds perfect. She turns and begins to walk away. Xavier, what do you do before you get ready to leave? Are you going to drink more? Are you going to sit there and make a plan? Uh, he would be the kind of burst-in, guns-blazing type. Now, he did not specify, or rather she did not specify, how the job should get done, only that it needs to be gone. And gone it will be. <laughs> now, Xavier, he's this uh, older lizard-looking fella, so he would really use his own size to his advantage whenever he does go to make his play. But for now, he's biding his time. He's being relaxed. He doesn't want to get thrown off anything. Alright. So as you are sitting there preparing, mentally thinking up interesting ways to get this job done, all of a sudden, you get slammed into the bar as some drunk douchebag just sloppily like trips into you and he turns around and spin and like when he spins like his beer sloshes it goes all over your back mm. and he's just like well uh man watch where you're going well xavier is not a man of patience <laughs> so first things first he would stand up to his full six foot five height he would grab this man by his lapels and he would just growl right in his face. I think you best take your own advice, partner. The man shoves you back, and he's like, "I don't, I don't know who you think you are, but I nobody talks to me like that. <laughs> I'm important." Well, that's okay, friend. I'll make sure ain't nobody talks to you again. Then you want to take this outside? We can take this outside. Oh, I'll take it right here. Let's go outside. <laughs> and he, like, is unfastening the holster on his belt. We'll take this outside right now. <laughs> Let's go. Fair enough, partner. All right. And, uh, Griffith, so this is the site you're coming upon. You see a large crowd forming outside of Kate's saloon. And you see uh, both Bart, this very drunk guy who maybe you guys would know he was one of the miners uh or was a miner um and you see on the other side xavier before we start talking about that though across the street is a small chapel one that is going to be very important here shortly uh and inside is another one of our characters uh, Grant, would you like to introduce us to Io? I would. Uh, inside the chapel is about a six-foot-tall gentleman, uh, smooth as can be skin, uh, wearing a, uh, a typical preacher's regalia. We're talking the black pants, the black shirt with the white collar sticking out, little... Uh, bow tie situation, but not like the ones you see nowadays, like an old west bow tie kind of 
dealio uh, black suit coat over it with a big uh, wide brimmed hat and he has an eye patch um, this is Io as he is known from his creators but other townsfolk might refer to him by his uh, his, his incognito name Icarus Olbers and he's uh, like you mentioned an android so it's about noon what would Io be doing on a day like today Oh, it's about noon on a regular old day. I'm probably just taking care of the stuff inside of the chapel. So I'm probably dusting. I'm probably reorganizing the bookshelf. You've seen Sunday morning TV shows, I'm sure. Just imagine, like, you know, the the preacher minding his own business, like looking at the shelves, and then someone walks in and goes, oh, I didn't see, you know, that kind of situation. Perfect. So you're going about your business having a good old day and all of a sudden you start to hear this commotion across the street at Kate's and to be fair there's always a commotion at Kate's but today it's particularly loud because they've taken it outside and there has not been been a good shootout in a while uh, you look out the front window and you see the crowd forming you see the two uh, men squaring off in the center what would your reaction to this be Probably would be speaking out loud to myself, looking out the window and just going like, Oh dear, there seems to be a kerfuffle over at the saloon again. Perhaps I should interject and see if anyone could need my assistance or to break up the fight. Alright, is that what you are doing? I'm just going to take a, a, a walk outside and assess the situation and see if this is something that should involve the town preacher or not. Okay, okay. So, uh, Xavier, you and Bart are squaring off, and he is clearly stumblingly drunk. And he's like, I'm going to kill you, and you're going to be dead. You're going to be dead. He'd just smile. That's all. This is it. Back to back. Ten paces, shoot. You know how this works, how dueling works. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, so to you, Io, and to you, Griffiths, as you are getting here, it looks like this is about to go down. So unless one of you two is going to actively try to stop this, we are going to move into our first duel hey, hey. of the game. <laughs> I am not going to try and actively stop this. I am merely just observing right now. Okay, perfect. So how dueling is going to work? is there are three rounds. So the first two rounds take place before the fire, right? So you can do everything but attack in those first two rounds. And so it is not only Xavier and Bart who will be dealt cards in these rounds, you two will also have a chance to do something. Whether that is going to be to try to help the situation, hinder the situation, cheat for one or both of the contestants, hard to say. Uh, the third action is when the two of them can shoot, and after that, if the fight is still happening, we will do actual initiative and go from there. Make sense? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. All right. So, first things first, everybody draw your first card for, for the first round. So, uh... 
We will actually start with Griffiths, though. Griffiths, you watch the two of them kind of go back to back. Bart is struggling to stay upright uh, and is not going to walk a straight line very well. But you have the first action. Griffiths, what would you like to do? Uh, Griffiths is going to actually ask somebody what happened. Uh, you hear a couple of people turn around like, I don't know, I... I didn't hear anything going on. That Xavier guy looks mean, though. Who'd be stupid enough to duel with him? And then you uh, you see one other guy in the crowd that's like, oh, that moron dumped beer all over that that guy's back, and he's real pissed off about it. Um, so she's, what she's going to do is she's going to look out. She's going to be like, well, spilled beer's a spilled beer. You don't spill the beer on a man, I'm going to let him go. <laughs> All right, so uh, as we continue on with this, Bart is going to choose to go now. <laughs> and uh, he is going to turn around and he's going to look at Xavier's back because I'm sure Xavier is actually just like following the rules and just walking forward because he's not concerned in this moment. Uh, and Bart screams back at him, you know, I used to be a sharpshooter. In the, in the, in the, in the, the, what's it called? In the army. I, I was a sharpshooter. <laughs> and so, uh, he's trying to intimidate you. Uh, please roll me an intimidation. We're going to, uh, have contested check here. Uh, remind me what of my attributes intimidation relies on. Uh, so, if you have the skill trained... Um, it's a shopping thing. If you don't have a trait, it's a spirit mm. trait. Okay. Um, but if you don't have it trained, then you'll roll a d4 minus two, but you'll also use a d6 for your wild trait die. Okay. So a d4 and a d6 die. Yes. The one, one was a three, one is a one. Okay. So it's three minus two is a one. So Bart actually, uh, beats you in this role and so you're like yeah whatever man but there's like it's like a hint of truth there. little there's like a hint of a hint of truth the way the way he uh the way he was like carrying himself for a minute there made you think like maybe there's some truth you know because like people who are drunks like like drink is kind of like a truth serum you know mm -hmm. hmm so you're you're a little shaken up by that all right just a, just a nothing, nothing bad. Nothing bad is happening. You're just a little concerned. Uh, so Icarus, you are next. What would you like to do? Um, would I recognize Bart from town? Is he a local? Yes, he is a local. He's been here for quite some time. Um, and so you've seen him. As a matter of fact, I would like for you to roll me... <laughs> A common no trait. Oh, I have that skill. Look at me. Yeah. So I'm gonna roll a D8 for that because I have that skill trained. Yes. All right. Yes. And you'll roll a D6 as well for your wild die. Okay. Four. All right. That is the roll. So. Uh, you know that Bart is 
generally a pr uh, pretty brave guy because he's still a miner, even though the people who have gone out there to try to collect things from the site of the Comet Impact uh, generally don't come back. If they do, they come back a little weird. So anybody who agrees to do that job is generally a little crazy, but also brave. Uh, he drinks a lot. It's gotten more since he's, he's continued on with this job, but he's usually a nice enough guy. He has not become a member of your uh, parish yet. Sure, sure, sure. But I'd imagine if he's been visiting the comet, I sure have been trying to get him. So I would have uh, Icarus uh, kind of just like put his hands to his mouth to call out to Bart and just be like, Bartholomew, my friend, this is not like you. You are better than this. Do not partake in this. Is oh, let me tell that sentence again. Do not partake in this conquest. All right. Roll me a persuasion. Oh, God, do I have persuasion. So everybody has persuasion. Um, I do, but I'm not good at yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, know that this is a little more difficult, so it is going to be a six. You have to get a six to succeed at this, because he's very drunk. Oh, well, okay. Then why bother rolling my d4? I'll just roll the wild die. <laughs> That's a four. All right. <laughs> he's like, what? I don't... I'm gonna kill this guy. What are you talking about? I am a sharp shooter. Do not do that shooter. thing. I am a sharp shooter. Killing is generally frowned upon in this society. Does what? No, it's not. This is an honorable duel. I am honorable. Are are you? <laughs> Currently? Is this what honor looks like? Alright. So, Xavier, please take your turn. <laughs> He's been kind of flustered by his, his claims about being in the army, right? Um, so in, in this particular part of the phase, this wouldn't be the time to shoot. I wouldn't be able to cheat and just shoot him now, right? You can. But it is it would be considered a murder, right? So dueling is legal in this world. Cheating at dueling is illegal. So if you were to shoot him before the 10 paces, mm -hmm. you could be arrested ah, or worse. Okay, well, You are in the middle of a mob as well right now, so they could just take you out and hang you immediately. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. <laughs> that would be kind of stinky. Um, hmm. Let's see. I want to try to use my alertness edge here. What so since he's like a, a blithering drunk, um, mm -hmm. I want to kind of like notice his stance, you know, like figure out, you know, what hand he's going to be shooting with, his posture, just kind of get a lay of the land about how he's going to be doing this little showdown with me. Oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> like if I can like catch mm. his reflection on, on like a mirror or something, because I can't face him. I like that. Do you have... Do you? Ha I mean, I'm assuming you have fighting as a skill. Yeah. Roll me, roll me a fighting check. Okay. The six. Thank you. <laughs> Is that a six on a d6? It's a six on a d6. Roll again, because when you roll the highest number, that is an ace, and you roll again, and you add them together. Eh, I'll take a one. That's funny. <laughs> 
Okay. Awesome. So I will say that you notice that Bart's holster on his right hand side, he's clearly a righty. Mm. Uh, and the way he's staggering, he's favoring his left knee a little bit. Like maybe he has an old injury or something like that. So you assume when he turns, he's going to turn on his good knee. He's going to turn on his right knee. Okay. And because you know this, in the third round, if and when you choose to shoot, I'm going to give you a plus two bonus to your roll. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. And now everybody draw a new card. Second round. Bart is going to spend this time trying to steady himself a little bit. And you hear him because he's incredibly drunk, trying to talk to himself like, it's fine, just one foot in front of the other, ten paces, four, five, six. He has his hand on his gun. He's wobbling. He's walking like... Like, like if you're walking on a balance beam, even though there's literally no reason for that, and he's just kind of wobbling along, he doesn't really know where he is. But I'm gonna give him a roll to try to steady himself a little bit. Poor sucker. In this moment, he rolled six. The fuck? And Jesus, this is right. the most competent drunk in the world. <laughs> he's, he he told you he's a sharpshooter. I, I should, <laughs> I should have listened. All right, so he is also going to have a bonus uh, to his shot in the third round, which really is just going to cancel out his negative from being drunk. So it's just going to be a straight roll for him. Uh, next up is Griffiths. So Griffiths is actually going to turn her attention to Preacher Man over there. Whatever for. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and question real quick would Griffiths recognize Xavier yes so and, and this is something we can take a moment to discuss in my mind Griffiths as a bounty hunter would have definitely known that Xavier has had bounties on his head at various times his hands are not clean you've probably seen my water um, posters they can't get my beak right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So you are aware, and to what extent you actually know each other is up to the two of you. But at least the recognition of. Alright. <laughs> um, so Griffiths is actually gonna kind of go towards the crowd, towards um, Icarus. You're a new preach man, aren't you? Oh, yes. Fairly new to the area, yes. Fantastic. You and I need to have a little heart-to-heart -heart chat. Oh, interesting. Are you looking for something? Uh, well, I think I found it. Please elaborate. It's you. Oh. In a good way or a bad way? <laughs> At that moment, we are going to cut over to Xavier. It is your turn. Um... Well, he would be doing something similar to what uh, his good friend Bart here would be doing. Uh, he's just ready in his gun hand on his quick draw holster, ready to get prepped up to fire. All right. Um, 
I would like for you to roll me a, you know, just roll me a spirit check. Just spirit. Just spirit. So since that's a d6, I rolled 2d6 for my wild card die, just to be confirmed. Correct. Roger that. Yep. That's a four. All right. So you are calming yourself. You you steady yourself. You're like, he, that dude might be a sharpshooter, but he's also... Blithering drunk. Like, bl- yeah, <laughs> blithering drunk. He has no chance. You are no longer shaken. You are calm as a cucumber in this moment. Is all that cold blood running through my veins? It's all that cold blood. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, a lizard. <laughs> he's literally a lizard. I'm trying to drive that home. Is it working? <laughs> It is. Hooray. <laughs> uh, Icarus, it is your turn. Do I recognize Xavier? Would you? If if I'm new to town. You know what? Uh, roll me another common no. Sure. You got it, boss. Oof. Uh, and then a, a six on my wild die. Oh. Is your what what is your common no die? And a D eight. Alright, so it is not an ace, it's just high roll. But you are very yeah. familiar with Xavier. Uh he's a dangerous man. Uh you believe uh I, I wanna believe that because you are a preacher, you would accept most people and want to try to bring them over to your teachings and show them a better way. But Xavier is one of the few people that you uh, you don't necessarily want to see walk through the doors of your your chapel at any time. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, that's exactly the type of information I was looking to get. So <laughs> I would like to, if I can, use one of my powers to help Bart. Oh no! Which fun. I would like to use protection. Alright, so, first thing I need you to do, Grant, is you are going to spend one of your power points, and then I need yes. you to roll me uh, a spell casting check, which should be your arcane background skill. Oh, that's my weird science, right? Yes. Okay, okay got it. That's a d4 for me right now, but, you know. Well, the one. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Griffiths, you are close enough to watch this, and I'm going to say, so, Icarus, tell me, what's it look like when you cast this spell? Icarus has a book in his library that's been kind of hinting at the idea of old world magic, and he's been kind of fiddling with it, trying to duplicate it, so he's pretty early in his learning of it, so he's trying to, like, you know, like, kind of, like, make this little, like, hand gesture, like he's rubbing a pebble in between his two hands, trying to, like, conjure something he can use to shoot out, but nothing's really forming in between them, so it kind of looks like he's massaging nothing. All right. Griffiths, you see Icarus doing something weird, and there's all of a sudden just a slight glow that illuminates off of his hands, but nothing, nothing happens. You know, or you suspect, 
that he was doing some weird robot thing. You're not really sure if it's magic. There's not a lot of magic in this world. Magic is sort of like a fairy tale type thing. So you're assuming this is a weird robot thing. Griffiths just kind of gonna look at his hands. Back at him. Eyebrow cocked. Huh. He immediately breaks concentration and like waves his hands and he's holding something hot. Did, can I help you with something? Yeah. I think you and I need to go have a uh, more private chat. Would you like to meet in the chapel? Beautiful. Lead the way. <laughs> I naively escort her towards <laughs> the chapel. All right. As the two of you start to exit the scene, we still need to resolve the craziness of round three. So... Discard your cards. <laughs> and this time, only Bart and Xavier are going to draw. Ooh! Ooh, baby! All right. And when it matters, <laughs> Bart draws low. So, <laughs> Xavier, Please describe see. what you do in this moment. Well... First things first, it's almost like surgery. Almost like breathing. It's as natural to him as just walking at this point. Quick draw, right into center mass. Aiming for his back. Alright. So, uh, first, I need you to roll me a shooting. Mm -hmm. How about a six on a d6? Oh. <laughs> Roll another one. You got it. How about another fucking six? <laughs> Roll another one. You're gonna keep making me do this until I'm running out of dice. <laughs> There's a five. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, you hit him. You hit him real bad. Now roll, <laughs> roll that. Uh, roll that damage. Okie dokie. So he would be using his his trusty Colt Dragoon, which is a 2d6 plus 1 for damage. That's a 7 total. Or no, hang on. And you're going to add... 2d6 plus 1. Sorry, 8. Excuse me. And you're going to roll two more d6s because you had two aces on that first roll. <laughs> uh, 7. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. So... <laughs> I would imagine. He's <laughs> a smoke come out of two boots. <laughs> he barely starts to turn around before you hit him center mass right between the shoulder blades. And he falls forward on the ground. Dead. Dead as a door now. Doesn't move. Yeah. You just hear everybody. Like, there's some people, like, clapping. Like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. You see some people who are like, that was way scarier than I thought it was going to be. I don't think I like this. And, like, there's just mixed reactions. Uh, some of Bart's friends come forward and they actually don't look like they're gonna make trouble because you just surgically destroyed this man. Uh, and they're just like, we're just collecting the body, man. We're just gonna just put him to rest. Tip my hat to them as they pass by. Yeah, they, uh, they go to do this. And Xavier, as you're looking around, the crowd's starting to uh, separate. 
you see entering into the chapel Griffiths, who you know is a bounty hunter, and uh, Icarus, the man you were just hired to get rid of. Shucks. Oh, always gotta be some shit will complicate things. Well, I'm nothing if not an honest man. <laughs> so I'm gonna still go ahead and collect my piece of loot. Bella's comment will resume after these messages. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the world of Eldenhelm, a magical place filled with mystery and majestic beasts. We follow the chronicles of our adventurers brought together by a mysterious being known as Vinden. Many exciting adventurers await these unlikely heroes. Follow their excellent adventures on a podcast platform near you. Right there, by you, on your phone. That's your phone. Uh, oh, hi, Trouble. Um, yeah, hi. You're supposed to be with your party. Mother heard you talking. Uh, oh, okay. So I came over. Um, Hi. Uh, oh, okay. Well, head on, head on back to your friends. You know, tell the people bye. What people? The, the, these ones. I mean. Mom, I don't see people. Where? You know, just, just check out the podcast, guys. What? Um, I need to Why get her back. Come, truck. What are you talking about? <clears throat> Rolling for what now? Find us on all social media and wherever you get your podcasts. And flowcode.com slash pages slash rolling for what now. Hi, Clash of Chris is an actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that releases new episodes every Sunday. In a world much like your own, actually, it is your own. Three guys on a cruise get pulled into a whirlpool and find themselves lost into the world of D&D, surrounded by chaos and magic. How will they survive? How will they find their loved ones? How will they get home? Find out on the next episode of... Hey, Solly, what are you doing over there on the mic? Hey, get off that thing. What, you over there talking on their microphone? Come on, Solly, you know how, how they get about messing with stuff. What the hell was he doing? Get off of there. You scaly rat. We now return to Bella's Comet. All right. So I picture Griffiths and Icarus. The two of you are walking in. You're probably heading to wherever Icarus has uh, made his office in this chapel. Uh, and before you even get halfway into the room, the door is opened rather abruptly. And in walks Xavier. And I give you three the floor. Oh, hello, friends. Do you require assistance? You could say that, preacher. Griffiths is immediately going to put out, immediately, as soon as the door, like, slams abruptly open, uh, immediately put out one of her blackbird wings to cover Icarus she turns ahead and looks. Oh my. 
Now you're hired to protect this man, Blackbird. What's it to you? A few hundred caps. Give or take. <laughs> From who? <laughs> yeah, you know me. I'm loyal to my grave. My informants prefer to stay a little more private. Is that what that shootout was about? That shootout was about a man with no integrity. Bold words coming from a man with no integrity. <laughs> I suppose my reputation precedes me, then. If you can call it that. If I may, there seems to be an air of violence emanating between the two of you. Um, I would prefer that you not do combat within the walls of my chapel. Well, twould be a shame to sully a house of God. I wouldn't call it that, but yes. Darn shame I don't believe in the sucker. <laughs> Again, to be clear, this is not a house of worship towards a deity. Griffiths is gonna look at Xavier and go, So you've been hired to get rid of him. Say that. Oh, I could say the same. Oh dear, uh, I, I, do I have a say in the outcome of that hiring, or should I just stand here? You do you for now, preacher man. <laughs> that is an interesting request of me, considering what I would like to do is not be killed. So if you're giving me permission to not be killed, I will not be killed. <laughs> Griffiths is going to turn fully around. Look here, snake. We can do this real quiet-like. It seems like we're both on the same idea. Both on the same idea, yes, but then who gets to collect the reward? I'm sorry, were you two hired to kill me? Why? I tend not to ask too many questions of my clientele. If someone wants you gone, you're gonna be gone. Turns to Griffiths, did you ask questions by any chance? I wouldn't say... Killing has to be in order. Just that you've got to be gone. I immediately prefer your method. Whatever you're planning, I'm more in favor of that. What if I... If money is what you are after, what if I told you that I am currently after something that may be worth far more than the gold combined you're being offered? Brave words for a man about to die. Again, prefer not to. And you did give me permission not to. Get to the point, old man. What you offering? This is not a church toward the deity. This is a building worshipping what is known as the Eclipse. The more you talk, the more questions I have. And I don't like waiting. <laughs> this is a house of answers, friend. Uh, if I'm able to, uh, Icarus would want to turn towards his bookshelf, which he admits is going to completely expose him to not being able to see the two people with guns trying to murk his ass right now. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, it's not like the bluebird will let me. Your color is going to change, by the way, every time I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny has a whole ornithology book open with a whole bunch of bird names that we go. He is going to uh, reach for 
a now I now Leah, you feel free to stop me if I'm overstepping here, but I assume based on what Icarus is quote unquote worshiping, I would have some information about the church's namesake. You would, yes. Cool. Uh, is a is a biography a step too far, or what would you recommend I have in my library? Absolutely here? not. You have basically anything that is common knowledge um, from that time period. So okay, go for it. I am going to pull out something essentially just like uh, a, a general synopsis. Um, a, a published Wikipedia article, if you will, about a scientist named Javian Eclipse. And I am going to show it to my two compatriots here. And I'm going to just basically tell them, this is the man that I have been programmed, or rather charged, to spread the message of and to fulfill the missions he was not able to fulfill in life. And I'm just like going through this little quick little book about him, basically how he was this esteemed scientist, was heavily involved in researching Bella's comet. Then a thing happened right before the second comet hit, and he vanished. And, you know, information for what he was doing during that final week before the comet hit has been kind of lost to time. And I go, it is my quest, my journey, my obligation to find out what this Dr. Eclipse was trying to do and to locate something that has entered into my mind called the Astronomicon. Xavier's eyes would perk up almost immediately on hearing that word, but he doesn't say anything. If I can locate that book, then... And furthermore, if I had the necessary protections to locate that book, then I could nearly guarantee you that anything that anyone was offering you financially would be overshadowed by the reward and notoriety that this discovery would come with. I would like you, Icarus, to roll me a persuasion roll. And I would like the two of you, oh, Griffiths and Xavier, to also roll me persuasion rolls. But this is like a counter to, uh, to this this is not you can still decide how your characters receive this information um this is more just kind of like your perception of how icarus delivers this information i shit you not i rolled a four on a d4 and then a six on a d6 roll another one no oh yeah another six on a d6 oh my god And then a five. The two of you, like I said, can respond however you want with your own biases towards this information. But the way Icarus is delivering this, it is riveting. It is fascinating. You understand, like, clearly he is doing what he was programmed to do, what he believes in. Because uh, this is, you're, you're watching a master at work. This is like the greatest college professor that, you know, we may have ever seen in our lives. Griffiths and Icarus, I need you two to roll me notice checks. Don't like that. Six on a d6. Four on a d4, and a two on a d6. Alright, so, um, 
you don't notice Icarus, but you need Griffiths. When Icarus says the Astronomicon, and at this point, Icarus is like really animated and excited talking about this thing. Uh, and he's kind of in his element, not really paying attention to the two of you because he's like trying to recall everything he wants you to know so quickly. But you, Griffiths, you have your eye on Xavier because he's shifty. And you notice that when Icarus mentions the Astronomicon, there is a quick flash in Xavier's eyes of recognition, and then it's quickly gone. Yeah, I, I get to the end of my spiel, and um, it's at this point you might notice that in the books, detailing old photographs of Javian Eclipse, that Icarus strikes a shocking similarity to Javian Eclipse if he was about 30 to 40 years younger, like maybe in like his prime 20s age, back when he was hot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he is just like, you know, he's an android, so he doesn't breathe, but he's just like, you know, programmed to act like humans so he's like panting like in a way that a man who's trying to combat the end of his life with a sheer info <laughs> dump can and he's just like that is why you should not kill me Griffiths upon noticing the light up in Xavier's eyes kind of just this grin crawls across her face alright preacher man look that was a lot of words I just gotta get you out of town. It doesn't matter how. We could leave town together and search for what I am in need to search for. Quite frankly, I have been trying to find people who can assist me, and with your penchants for violence and at least one of your discerning minds, I feel that we could potentially fulfill Dr. Eclipse's wishes. What can I say, Preacher Man? You've got yourself away with words. Consider me convinced. Now, there is still the unresolved matter of me getting paid. Now, I do have my own obligations to keep. So, getting you out of town, we need to run you out of town for good. So, we're need to gonna have to shut down this whole pastoral thing you got going on here. Fair enough. I do not like doing that, but I understand that some things have to be sacrificed in order for good things to happen. He would just light up a cigarette and just say, start the packing. Oh, my packing is complete. I have what I require. Good. He would just throw the match on the floor then. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Xavier, you uh, go to strike the match, and just in that moment, I need all three of you to roll me a notice check. Fucking Jenny. <laughs> Sorry. Three on the D4, and two on the D6. That's a six and a D6. All right. So, uh, go ahead. Xavier, roll me another one. And a dirty six. It's a four plus two with my alertness edge. All right. So, uh, Icarus, you're just excited that you're not uh, getting murdered, right? It seems like they're maybe on your side a little bit. Uh Griffiths, yes. you're kind of, you're shocked. You're like, whoa, wait, we're going to burn it down? Like, what? And, uh, Xavier, you're about to drop the match. And you hear screaming outside. And then you hear the sirens coming from the east. And you all know what those sirens mean. It means there's a raid coming. The helmets are on their way. 
What are you doing? You will be safest in this building. I'm just gonna shake the match out. <laughs> okay, so. First things first, bar the doors, bar the windows. Gotta make sure that nothing can get in. Okay. And that what does gets shot. Alright, Xavier, you run to the front door to start trying to bar it, and just as you're getting there, you hear people coming to Let's get in the chapel! Let's hide in the chapel! Please open the doors for the citizens. They must be protected. We just kind of growl, but comply. <laughs> Alright. You open the door, and what you see are just... A, it's a commotion out there. People are running, trying to get either into their homes or more likely just into any building at this point. But the problem is, Xavier, you know that the Hellmans, they infect people. They could be running in amongst these people right now and you wouldn't even know. So are you letting them in? Stick to plan A. Bar the doors, bar the windows, shoot anything that comes in. All right. You slam the door. You lock it. Icarus, you see this happening. You can hear people pounding at the door now. Please let us in! Please, they're coming! We can hear them! Uh... Griffiths, what are you doing in this moment? Um... So... Yeah. Griffiths is gonna go help Xavier board up the church. Board up the chapel. Alright. The door has a large like plank lock on it, so that's easy enough to bar. There are shutters on the windows that you can pull closed. Uh, I would like for the two of you to just roll me agility checks to see how quickly you're getting this done. Oopsie. It's a six and a four on a d6 each. All right. All right. Five for my eyes. All right. Can, so before anything wacky happens, can I use holy symbol? What does holy symbol do? So if I'm reading it correctly from the Deadlands book, evil critters find it hard to attack a pious wayfarer with true faith and a symbol of their deity to back it up. Once invoked, any supernaturally evil creature that wants to make a direct physical attack on the bearer of the symbol must make a spirit roll as a free action. My, my thought process here is I can do holy symbol on the door. That way anyone who isn't infected is able to still come in and those who are infected have to essentially fight the door <laughs> so this is what i will say you can't invoke it on the door okay but you can stand in the doorway and invoke your holy symbol and watch for reactions in the people who are trying to come in and see if it is having any effects on these things yeah i i i, I walk past xavier and griffiths like i'm fucking john the baptist and <laughs> i <laughs> and i uh kind of like slither through the door before he closes it and I'm just kind of like standing there arms outstretched trying to invite the non-infected in uh, I gotta spend three power points to do this and then what do I do <laughs> um, oh yeah I gotta do my arcana thingamajig yeah. okay 
three on a d4, and five on a d6. All right. So, uh, Xavier and Griffiths, when you see Icarus head out the door with the holy symbol out, uh, okay, first, Icarus, what does your holy symbol look like, and what does it look like when it is invoked? Yeah, my holy symbol um, looks like a police badge. And when I hold it, when I invoke it, um, it kind of radiates this tricolor thing, just rotating between three colors, kind of purple, blue, and yellow, back and forth for a long time. I don't know where I got it from. I don't know why I had it. I woke up with it when I was created. Um, but I do have that, and I'm just holding it in the palm of my right hand. All right. Dope. You hold it out, and the two of you see that this badge now starts glowing with these three colors. And it's it's spinning. It's rotating. And it does not seem to be um, like an electricity battery type situation. This now is hard to not call magic. Um, are you still, are you shutting the door now or are you letting this play out? Xavier would be stopping dead in his tracks. Okay. Oh. Just, just kind of watching at this I'll point. I'll let it play out. Okay. And you see now that there are first two, then four, six, ten. Pretty soon there are a dozen people who have run in here and they're just they're running past Icarus and you're like, what? like, I don't understand. What is he doing? This is having no effect. And then all of a sudden you see another woman come running up the steps and she gets about 10 paces from Icarus and she stops dead in her tracks for a moment and then keeps running. But there was that moment of hesitation and you saw something in her face. What are you doing? as she continues to try to move past Icarus. So everyone else charged in just fine, but her, yes, Xavier would notice, was a little bit taken aback by that whole situation. Not in the same way that he was. No. Because Would I be able to communicate backwards, or am I just like in a trance? <laughs> no, no, you can communicate. I would turn my head. Well, I'm an android, so I can do this. I spin my head a full 180 degrees, and I, I, I look at the person holding the gun, which is Xavier, and I go, that woman hesitated. She saw the symbol. She is infected. Say no more. Can I shoot her? You can. Go ahead. <laughs> Roll me a shooting. <laughs> just, just a regular old shooting roll? Yeah. A uh, total of seven. All right, and where are you aiming? Head. These sorts of infections, they can rapidly spin out of control if you ain't careful. You gotta take this shit like it's your own mom dying. All right, now roll me damage. Okay. It's a six and a two plus one, so that would be what? Nine. Nine. I know how to math. It's very late for me. <laughs> you aim at this woman's head and pull the trigger, and it just manages to clip her cheek a little bit. And you see it like graze, and you can see the inside of her mouth. And in that moment, she turns and looks at you, not like somebody who's been shot, more like 
a monster from your worst nightmares. And she is going to dive at Icarus. Oh, joy. Uh, and whiff horribly. She dives towards you, Icarus. You manage to sidestep her. She hits the steps. Uh, Griffiths and Icarus, I'll give you each a moment to uh, respond to this as well. I was going to say, um, so I have a quick draw host holster. Okay. I, use, I get a plus two on interruptions. Okay, cool. So, perfect. We will say you interrupted her as she was trying to attack Icarus. So, yeah. Griffith's going to quick draw her uh, cult peacemaker and fire. That was a six on a D8. Seven, eight. All right. Roll me that damage. I have to find those dice. Ten. And with that, clean headshot this time. Right between the eyes. She goes limp and hits the steps. She's right at your feet, though, Icarus. And the moment that happens, you notice that what leaks out is not normal in color. It's this silvery, sludgy material. And you see this thing crawl out and start to wiggle towards you. Oh, uh, do, <laughs> what do I have to deal with that? I'm not really much of a fighting type here. <laughs> Listen, I will tell you, you don't have to do much to this. You just have to tell me you're squishing it yeah. with your boot. <laughs> I, I, I was probably going to go that direction. I just had to make sure I could go that yes. direction, you yes. know? <laughs> so, yeah, basically, I Icarus, you know, sees that, understands the society he's in, and just steps on it like it's a cockroach. All right. You do so. And now... Icarus, as you are the one standing out here on the steps, you look up, and you roll me a notice check. Here I go, noticing again. <laughs> Meanwhile, while he's doing that, uh, Xavier and Griffiths, you find yourself in an interesting situation, because there are now a dozen people inside of this church, including men, women, and children, who are freaking out, and going to you as the only two armed individuals. Uh, what, what should we do? Where should we go? Oh my god, those things are outside! Calm down. Ain't nothing gonna get through these doors. So, as you say, I would like for you, Xavier, then, to roll me an intimidation. Can it be any other kind of roll? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you not have intimidation? Great question! Bounty hunter. <laughs> Great question, Grant. One I wish I could answer. Um, I know, there's like a hundred skills in this fucking game. <laughs> there <laughs> yep. are. I took taunt, thinking that would be a smart thing to take. But not intimidation. Didn't even see it. <laughs> uh, sure. It was a D4 you said minus two on yes. that one? Okay. And your wild die. And my wild die. Thankfully, my wild die comes in clutch. Roll the six on it. <laughs> All right. So four. Uh, wow. These are just common folk. Most of them. Plus, I mean, you have Griffiths is there as well, lending, like, yeah, please, everybody just sit down. You know, like, uh, so... Most of them are sitting down. You see there's one man in particular, though, who's still pacing. He's freaking out. He's like, which, I don't know what to do. Like, the, some of my family's still out there. We should take the fight to them. We can't let these things win and overrun the town. Meanwhile, Icarus, you notice a couple things. The first is that 
there are clearly infected who are trying to break down the doors into other businesses down the street. And you see them pouring in mostly from the east. And there was this thought, this kind of pervasive myth we now know, that there were maybe a couple dozen of these infected living out in the desert now. And they would come in for raids every once in a while and we could mostly handle them. But you see a couple dozen here now, and you can hear more coming. And on top of that, you hear the yipping of coyotes with them. And you see charging down the street a pack of coyotes that are just the people, the stragglers who have still not made it inside are being overwhelmed by these packs. What are you doing? Icarus is going to calmly turn around, close the door behind him. It's sufficiently barred now. And then I'm going to calmly walk up to Griffiths, who has been the person to show the most restraint and <laughs> in their interactions with me. And I'm going to tell them, we have a situation. We've always got a situation. What type of situation? This is one of those situations that is a very situation. There are easily a dozen infected in the town, and I know there was the belief that the infected were out in the desert. However, it seems that there are more coming besides the ones that are currently in town, and I believe they are journeying with a pack of infected coyotes. The town will not be able to endure such an attack if they get through any doors. Our door should be safe with my presence here as we can pick them off individually, but I do fear the town might be in permanent danger. I mean, unless you're looking to be the town hero. Gotta save what you- The sheriff cannot pay you if the sheriff is dead. Right. Sheriff can't pay me if the sheriff is dead. But, however, is it really worth risking your life for these people that hate you? If I may be so frank, yes. The idea is not to be beloved or well-liked. The idea is to protect as many people as humanly possible. Can't protect a chapel full of people if you're not here, preach man. I can be here. I can protect the chapel. The chapel is a holy place. The chapel is a safe place from the infected. However, Everywhere you are trained well in a gun, and he is also trained well in a gun. And you clearly have survival instincts and a knowledge of what to do with the infected. This is a dangerous situation. We either need to save the town by escorting them out away from the infected, or we have to eliminate the infected. There are several options here. I came to you as a person who seems to have a modicum of integrity still within them to determine what might be our best course of action. Griffiths is going to kind of look over at Xavier and look back at Icarus. About how many you reckon are out there? There are 12 human infected, and I heard a pack of coyotes coming. Exact number I have not yet to determine, but it is not an insignificant number. So it's, it would be us two, if Gecko over there goes out there with me. Just I can give you rooftop access if you need. Hmm. That's not a bad idea. Well, he would... He would rack the lever on his Colt Patterson rifle and nod over at the bitch and say, show me the way. I'll take care of it. All right, let's go. Uh, yeah, he takes you into his office. He pulls like one of those cords down, 
and a big rope ladder just comes out of the ceiling. And he goes, if you go up this ladder, there will be a sun latch you can open. It will give you immediate access to the roof. There is also equipment for tarring up there, so you need it. I have not gotten around to tarring the ceiling yet. Tarring, and we got a good, uh, got a good eyesight range across the whole town here. Yeah, that should be sufficient. All right, so you get to the top. There is a bucket of tar up there. If uh, if you uh, and a push find broom. Any use for that, and a push broom. Because that's how that works. Uh, the, the roof's a little sticky on your feet, which, I mean, that's good. Maybe it'll mean you'll be less likely to fall off. Uh, and from your vantage point now up here, you do see that there are nearby about a dozen of these infected. They are currently smashing in the windows of Kate's across the street. And the coyotes have now, um done their business and are dragging lifeless humanoid bodies off into the the brush what are y'all doing so the coyotes are leaving ish ish yes ish okay i got me a plan you ain't gonna like it though uh so Tar, from my experience, is highly flammable. And I got the means with which to light it on fire and get it spread around to spook these suckers. I'm thinking, and I would pull a stick of dynamite out of my satchel. We put this stick of dynamite in this here barrel of tar, throw it out in the middle of the street, scare them infected away from our town. Shoot what's leaving, make sure they don't come back. Okay. I'm not saying I hate your idea. But. But you're saying you hate well, my idea. <laughs> I'm saying I don't think you thought it all the way through because if flaming targets on these buildings. He would kind of, you know, nod along and be like, okay, ball's in your court. What do you propose we do then? I like the tar idea, but hear me out. You got the matches on you. Huh? What if I were to. Take a barrel of tar, fly it out, spread it on the dirt around the town, and you drop a match on it from up here. That'll work. Get a ring of fire going, scare them my way. That'll work. I like that. Uh, Griffiths, you are going to fly the tar around and try to mm -hmm. spread it. Um, you have one barrel a decent amount of tar uh, what is your focus because you can't coat the entire town so is it just kind of the areas that have the most infected or are you trying to save this little quadrant where the the four of you or three of you are currently holed up let's definitely let's do the quadrant save what we can it'll make the preacher man happy alright so you go about saving uh, this little quadrant that you were initially hired to, well, Xavier was initially hired to destroy. Uh, you spread the tar. You do a good job. And while you're doing that, you notice, actually, roll me a notice check. We'll see if you notice. Five. 
All right. You notice as you're flying above that these infected, while they do act almost crazed in their moments of attack, when they hear your wings and when they see the tar coming down, you drop some tar on top of some of them, uh, they look up at you and there's this intelligence in their gaze and this anger in their eyes. These are not mindless zombies. And so, uh, from your vantage point on the roof, Icarus and Xavier, you're watching Griffiths spread this tar, uh, waiting for her to complete this portion of her mission for the two of you to do what is next. What are you talking about? What are you doing while you're there waiting? I, I honestly, I would probably be down with the people inside the chapel. All right, even better. Then Xavier, what are you doing while you're watching Griffiths uh, spread this tar? So just confirming what I'm seeing, the zombies seem to be aware of their situation. They are aware. At least well, some of them. Shame. At least some of them seem aware. That's a damn shame, because they won't be soon. <laughs> Icarus, inside of the chapel, uh, most of the people there are now sitting in the pews, trying to comfort each other. There's a couple who are peeking outside through the shutters to try to watch what's happening. Uh, but there's that one man, that one man who is just freaking out, losing his mind. Why don't we go out there? Why don't we help them? Barring the doors, we could have gotten more people in here. Uh, and he's, he's starting to be a little crazy and he's walking towards the door. You don't know what he's going to do. What are you doing, Icarus? My friend, do you require assistance? We barred this door. There are people who need help out there. Can't you hear them screaming? Unfortunately, yes, we can hear them screaming. I tried to save as many of you as possible within the realms of the building. However, after the number of you were allowed entry into the building, one infected tried to get through, thus requiring us to bar the doors. I do have two expert gunslingers on the case right now, and they are trying to eliminate the threat so we may determine how many more people we can save. Listen, my sister's out there. My brother? Like, I, I have to go help them. We gotta get them in here where it's safe. Where are your sister and your brother located? I, I don't know. We got separated in all the pandemonium out there. We were over at Kate's having a drink together. We went outside to watch that duel that happened. Then we were just, you know, kind of talking, milling about with some people. And then we heard the sirens and people got jostled around. And I thought they were following me in here, but they... They didn't get in. I have empathy for your plight, friend. If you would like, and you can give me a description of your brother and sister, I can have my compatriots investigate the area around Kate's and keep an eye out for them and ensure we can guide them to safety if they are still savable. Icarus, when you say I have empathy for your plight, do you say it in like a very robotic voice? Or oh, like, yeah, the way I've been talking with that weird yeah, cadence, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, like, what about your facial expression? Is there any... Can you show empathy? Or is this like having a robot telling you they understand your feelings? I imagine it so... I So, his face, you know, like, you know, Android technology came a long way around the time he was created. Um, so, if, if you weren't 
you know, clued into the fact that he's an android. He could pass for human, but there are certain things a robot will never be able to duplicate, right? Okay. The, the thing that I would say Icarus does when he is doing his quote-unquote empathy face is uh, he, he softens his eyes a little bit. He makes them glisten as if there's water in them, but there isn't. All right. So uh, what is your armor, Icarus? That is a, a great question, Leah. And let me tell you, Icarus does not wear armor. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. My toughness is a four, if that helps. <laughs> so uh, this man gets right up next to you and shoves you hard enough that you almost fall over. And okay. he says, what do you know about caring robot? I can understand how family is important to folks like you. And it is my desire to ensure that everyone is safe and protected and able to pursue the things that make them happy. That is a thing I want to provide for you. If you are agreeable to the solution I propose, we can try and locate your family in order for you to continue to pursue happiness. Should the worst case scenario have been realized though, however, we also offer shelter, understanding, and development within the walls of this chapel. Grant, roll me a d12. An 11? So all of the people in this chapel, aside from this man, are parishioners at your church, apparently. I'm just really good at talking to you. <laughs> that is... That 11 came in very clutch in this moment. Um, and th they see this man push you. And a few of them stand up. And they come over. And they get between you and this man. And they're saying, like, he isn't your enemy. Like, we can't open the door. We're sorry. Like, you need to come sit down. And they're taking this moment to try to comfort him. And this is an interesting moment for you, Icarus, because you are witnessing these people doing the thing you're trying to do, which is to calm this person down. Um, and they're being far more successful than you in this moment. How does that make you feel? Yeah, Icarus is watching this all, you know, play out and he's been programmed with certain things to do his job well. Uh, he's been given a uh, Jovian sense of protection. He's been given a vast array of understanding about things. He's been given the ability to teach and preach and things like that. But seeing other people be able to empathize and commiserate with this man, uh, you know, there's like a, a, a twinge of knowledge there being like, yes, this makes sense. Humans have these emotions and are more easily able to connect with other people and then there's a fleeting thought that goes through his mind and then almost immediately leaves it but it's almost like why can i not do that thing why do i desire that thing why do i desire and then that immediately goes away all right back up to the rooftop griffiths you finished spreading the tar uh, these helmets and their coyotes were not equipped with ranged weapons, so though they seemed angry, 
uh, and rattled by you. There was not much they could do to stop you. Uh, Xavier, you watch about half of them start to withdraw. Uh, the other half, which are who are still in this frenzy, have now busted in some of the windows at Kate's and are trying to get in through the windows. And you can see there are people in that building that are trying to push them back. But Griffiths lands back on the roof next to you. And it's time to light him up. Xavier is going to light and drop the match onto the tar. All right. So you strike the match, drop the match. Whoosh, immediately. It's like, uh, you know, like the fuses in movies and stuff. It just... And you see this burning. And you know that the, the infected seem to be repelled by fire. There's something about the fire that they dislike. And so immediately when that happens, you see them all turning and starting to run. The ones who had the tar on them are burning. And they're not dying because you know how they have to be killed. And so they're slowed. They're hitting the ground. Their bodies are locking up. They're still mortal. Um... But they can't be killed in that way. So, what are the two of you doing? Start shooting, Tex. All right. So, the two of you start opening fire. Just trying to take out as many as you can. Bam, bam. Hitting the ones that are running. Saving the ones who are stuck for last because they can't get away. You see that the fire is starting to work. It's pushing these things out of this quadrant. And then off in the distance, you hear a different sound a bugle and you know this is the sound of the marshals and they must be here to help 